Hey, Peter. Yes. Do you have Mamba mentality? Ooh, yes. Now you're talking my language. Do you have Barry mentality? Ooh, I think so. Do you have Hans mentality? Barely. I sure hope not. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today. We're sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com for all your jazz lesson needs. It's my vocal warm up for the episode, this honestly. This is my physical warm up for oh. this episode. It always makes me think of. <laughs> yeah. The use, little, car. Uh, use car. Use car thing. Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have three different icons. Yes. Kobe with Mamba mentality. That's right. Barry mentality from yep. uh, Legend. I barely caught that that reference. Barry Harris, yeah. which we're going to be really talking about today. We're taking a couple speak pipes today. And then, of course, Hans Groiner mentality. That's right. Which uh, I don't recommend. Uh, shout out to Hans and apologies, Hans, but <laughs> not really going to work uh, with those other two mentalities. That's okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a place for everything, right? Yes, yep. yes, yes. Uh, so today we're taking a couple of speak pipes. The first we're one is, back on the speak pipes. I'm excited about that. We like to check in every so often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a couple of good ones. The first one is from Om, and this is a question we get in some form of another, uh, some form or another. Yes, uh, every so often. Let's yes. Check out Hi guys. So I've just been doing a lot of shedding this summer, and I realized nice. that whenever I use the bebop scale. And I try to make bebop lines in my solos. I just, I can't get my lines to stop sounding like scales. Any tips? Uh, first of all, congrats on the shedding. Um, it sounds like you're quite young. And this is, this should be the summer of the shed for anybody here. Summer of the shed. Yeah. I like that. Get, you know, use summer your summer. Shed. You have, we, sometimes we have a little bit. Is that like summer of Sam? Because that didn't work out too well. No, let's not, <laughs> let's not, let's not invoke the serial killers. Um, <laughs> you went straight there. Uh, no, the summer of the shed is the summer of practicing. So going to the woodshed is practicing. So we have summer of shed, oh summer God. of Sam, He's gonna bring summer of love. Uh, That's a good one. That is a good. I'll that take was that 69, one. right? 67, I believe. Oh, 67. Was the summer of love. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah, 69 was Woodstock. Oh, Woodstock. All that stuff, well, yeah. loving too yeah. as well. Um, so Om um, is trying to use the bebop scale. Yes. And lo and behold. <laughs> It doesn't sound like bebop. <laughs> Why, my, what a tangly web we weave for ourselves yeah. when we delve into the bebop scale. Okay, so this is an area of, I think, great controversy, but also great possibility and, yeah. you know, fun for exploration, um, the bebop scale. And I always think about, like, is there sort of a perfect way to approach this? Not in terms of, like, theoretically, and we're going to talk a little bit about the different attitudes, but I do think there is maybe, a, not a perfect time, but there's a sort of r perfect range in which like learning this scale and and don't worry if you've already learned it you don't worry about going back in time or anything um but like it's you're never too late with learning a scale like this i think i think this is one of those ones that doesn't need to be part of your core like technical um connection with the instrument now i'm a little bit selfishly saying this because i didn't know what the scale was until like i was well into using it and understanding it. Not, I mean, not understanding it, but like applying it, right? I just feel like it's just one of those scales that you you can you can overthink a little bit too well, much, right? Yeah. Which is what we're going to do right now. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's a scale that is really not a thing. 
within okay. bebop musicians themselves. Yeah. As like Barry Harris will describe it later in his life. Yeah. Uh, it is the concept. He shaved at the, the, the name and, yeah. and so, the concept, right? Yes, as do many people. Um, because it really isn't what the players that were playing bebop were thinking about at the time. So before we get too deep into it, let's talk about what it is. Traditionally, the Wait, bebop you just said scale, it wasn't a thing. No, 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 but what people call it, right? So I'm not actually sure where, when people called it. Oh, no, it is that one teacher in Indiana, I think, started calling it. Someone put in the comments who came up with the bebop scale at okay. first. But bebop musicians don't really talk about it like this, as Barry Harris will describe, and I'll, I'll talk about Barry's concept later. But it's basically the, the, the dominant bebop scale, or just the bebop scale, yeah. is putting a half step between the root and the dominant seven. Right? And that puts all the strong tones on the beat when you're playing yeah. eighth notes. Then there's something all else that people call the major bebop scale, where you put a half step between the fifth and the sixth. Right, so that is what Barry Harris calls the sixth diminished, and that's really to build chords. It is not a melodic device, and um, it's a mnemonic device. It's no, no, no. But the you know the interesting thing is is what you're really doing here is you're putting a half step between scale tones so that strong scale notes end up on the beat, mm -hmm. and then by the end of Barry's uh, Barry Harris's teaching career, he had developed a whole system. That really you do hear more often in actual Charlie Parker solos and Bud Powell solos than any of these, you know, bebop scale or major bebop scale. Right. And um, also, real quick, shout out David Baker. David Baker. That's who it was. That's who it was. Yeah, who's a great David, teacher. Fantastic but, teacher. Fantastic guy. Fantastic it's kind David. of a limiting concept to have just the bebop scale with just the half step between the first and the seventh degree. Because as Barry Harris says, you can actually do this in a few different ways. Where would you like to go from here, Peter? Because I could either teach the Barry's chromatic concept, which I think is really valuable, yeah. or we can talk a little bit more about the use of just these traditional David Baker-style bebop scales. Yeah, well, let's just talk about how they can kind of successfully be used, maybe. Okay. Um, even just sort of our concepts. And then I, I think that um, the question really about not sounding like scales when you're learning the bebop scales and you're starting to apply it, I think it's really potentially a pitfall that we can maybe help with a little bit for any scales. Yeah. And just for your playing, especially kind of bebop playing. Because I think what people maybe get caught up in is like, oh, the bebop scale will give me that bebop sound. I get a lot of people being like, oh, teach me that hip, the way that you play those lines with that hip bebop sound. Yeah. And I don't want to be like stuffy or or or, you know, snooty and be like, oh, that's not a bebop sound. I am clearly a post-bebop modernist or whatever. And, and as we know, like, the names don't really apply. But I, but I, So I try to get more into, like, well, what are they looking for? Because I want to help them yeah. with what it is. Well, Ohm says, you know, why doesn't it sound like bebop or it doesn't sound like bebop when I practice the scales? It sounds like I'm just running scales. I think the easiest way to get out of this, Ohm, and I know you agree with this, yeah. is add some jazz arpeggios to the mix. Right, right, right. But so, within the same phrase, maybe. Exactly. Right? So instead of just... You know, maybe something like starting off with, that's like on C7, right? Yeah. Starting off with 3, 7, 9, and then like right. adding these or that adding those things. To, yeah, so yeah. we're adding these chord structures to to our scale work. And that is, it's. I mean, that's not, if you do that, you're just going to sound like you're, you know, eventually you just start like you're alternating that. It's not real bebop language either, but it's a start. You're right. getting more into the territory of something that Charlie Parker would actually play. For sure. Yeah. And I think that you can actually, especially when you're practicing, and remember, when we're practicing, it doesn't have to 
sound great. It just has to lead to you sounding great that's right. on the gig. Like yeah. that's the whole point of it, you know? Um, One more thing on this. Yeah. If you really want to sound like you're playing bebop, why not just transcribe some Bud Powell and Charlie Parker? Right. Out the gate. Learn exactly. what they played over these exactly. tunes. And you will. I mean, this is the thing. It's it's never like one answer to the stuff. It's not like bebop scale is valid. Bebop scale is not valid. Barry Harris's approach to bebop scale is valid. It's not because you're going to see elements of this yeah. bebop scale in Charlie Parker and Thelonious Monk, Bud Powell for sure. But yeah, then you get to kind of reverse engineer what they're doing. But I think the bigger thing is like, how do you get that bebop? attitude that bebop swagger yep. you know that kind of sound and so much of it is rhythmic and yep. articulatory 100 percent. and um and so you can actually use that also with, the blues is a big part of it and the blues exactly but if you just take the like what you just did and you're like well that sounds like the bebop scale well then you're literally playing it starting on beat one running down the bebop scale over eighth notes with no skips with no omissions or anything no breaks or anything but that could be a good thing it's like how can you make that sound you know at some different tempos three three this is hard right you yeah know? you know how could you give it a little bit of swagger because then when you this sounds lame doesn't it i'm trying though man yeah Come but it, but it, but this is not something that you would hear bud powell or someone like that play in no that but but there's no shape to it but then you start to look at the other elements, like, you know, just going up that simple. Yeah. You know, you did it the other way around. The arpeggio first, you could do it either way. But it's like, how do you start to give it that feel? And then, you know, that's starting to sound a little better. You speed it up, but you're yeah. getting that sound, that swag, everything when you're doing it slower. Listen, how you play is always more important than what you play. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that should be a consideration. Another, that's another case for listening to a lot of great Right, right. Musicians. But don't jump right to the end. And be like, oh, I have to be able to play the way that Charlie Parker incorporated, you know. Oh, I did a little bit of lick there. That was by accident. Yeah. But, you know, like, don't feel like you're going to have to be able to do it like Charlie Parker. Use that as inspiration, but then restrict yourself a little bit to start to get that swag in there. Yeah. Because then when you add in, I'm going to give just a couple of um, different ideas on how you can start to um, complicate the usage of this a little bit, but slowly. So if you've, if you've got... Well, let's go up. Right? So that's one, two, three, four. How about starting on the upbeat? One, two, three, four. Uh. Boom, gang. So now you've got a little, a little something different. Same thing. You're just running up the scale. Now we're going to give it a break. Start, go back to the one, two, three, four. You know, just little things. Give a little bit of a break in there, and then there's so many different ways just to do that. So good. But you're still concentrating on, like, really locking things in. You have to kind of delay your gratification as a listener and really as a player in doing this because it it's hard. Like, yeah. it's hard to make that sound good, but that's what's going to kind of force you into learning that stuff. If you take a Charlie Parker line and you transcribe it and learn to play just like he did. That's great, and yep. that's a valuable part of it. Yep. But you also have to be able to take these basic elements, especially when you start going through different keys, because you're really starting to build things up. If you just took... Right? What are you coming down on that? Just coming down the jazz arpeggio. Up the, up the bebop scale, and then go up yeah. to the ninth. And then you can add that with the offset. One, one, two, three, four. Uh. Right? 
uh, then you start to see how these different things lay. Maybe a little bit of yeah. It's the same notes, but like, how can you start to make it more interesting? But do it slowly as you go, yeah. So that your ear acclimates, so that you start to really get those details. And Oma, I highly recommend checking out some of Chris Park's material here on Open Studio if you haven't already. Uh, he's got a great YouTube channel uh, of his own, but he does some amazing work here at Open Studio Pro, and he has released one course, the second course on his way about all of this stuff, all of the all of the the bebop elements yeah. that you're talking about Absolutely. here he goes through them all very detailed so it's not just like going down you could you could also do pivots yeah Ooh. that Dude, kind of stuff that's you just put a beret on because you're playing bebop my brother that, all that stuff <laughs> it, it kind of has that instant sound it gets yep. you there once you understand yeah because elements. yeah that, that that's what i've realized like and it's no fault for anyone for being like, how do you get that bebop sound? I used to chafe at that question. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, I get what it is. It's all those things put together. Yeah. But it's like when you practice, it's okay to just have them. In fact, it's preferable to just have them simple one at a time. Totally. You're not going to become corny because you're running up and down I scales. Mean, the brilliant thing about, about Barry Harris, why people respond so well to him, is he took this thing that is actually hard, like seems difficult and he systematized it in a way that is actually makes you sound like that. Right. It's kind of like the Fuchs book with Counterpoint, and you sound like Haydn once you do right. that book. It's like going pronounced Fox, but I'm not sure. Excellent. I was trying to avoid that. Thank you. <laughs> and but if you go, but if you go through sort of Chris Parks's uh, interpretation of Barry's teachings, you get a very similar sound. It's very cool. Let yep. me just show you real quick the, the yep. Bar Barry's chromatic. Rules. Oh, I uh, know those, but show them for the people. Because Ohm, I feel like this could help you too. This, to me, was an eye opener of how. And let me just say too, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but before you show this, this is not exclusionary of the bebop scale. No, no, like no, no. even though, like you can take different elements. Sometimes even certain teachers will say, "Well, you shouldn't do that." You know, put things together however you want. No, it's it's all good as long as you understand it and practice it for your benefit. None of these are going to necessarily clash with each other, even if the so-called rules no. do. So the bebop scale and the major bebop scale, the reason why they work and why, you know, David Baker taught them is because they do put the chord tones on strong the scale tones on strong beats. Right. But Barry's whole thesis was, well, players, bebop players were doing that with not just those notes. Yeah. It was actually any note. Right. You could put a chord tone, a semitone between and put uh and and if you look at the canon of music, it was being it was more varied than just this particular instance, right? Yeah. Or this. Right. So Barry's uh, rules of chromatic scales are between like if you have a C major scale you can put a chromatic tone between any whole step. So between C and D, between D and E. Now we have a half step, right, between E and F. So what do we do? We go a, a scale tone above that F up to G and then back to F. So that becomes like the, place, the note between E and F is the scale tone above G, the C major scale tone. And then we're back on F. Now there's a whole uh, half step between F and G, half step between G and A, half half step between A and B. Now there's just B and C, right? No, mm -hmm. no half step between. Scale tone above D. Mm -hmm. So you get this. Yep. And you can do it opposite on the way down. There's no half step between C and B, so we go, we jump up to D. Right. There's a half step between B and A. There's a half step between A and G. Half step between G and F. No half step between F and G, so up, right. a, up to G as the note in between. 
now we're E, half step between there, half step between there. So that on the way down. This puts all of the, the notes of C major scale right on the B. Right. You could do the same thing with dominant. That's right. Right, jump up before the B flat. Uh, on the way down. Yeah. Right? So that is sort of Barry's rule of chromatic of the chromatic scale. Again, Chris Parks has some amazing stuff here at Open Studio on that and on his own YouTube channel. Yeah, shout out Chris Parks and shout out Open Studio Pro and yeah. his much heralded and well-received weekly lessons over there where, where he really integrates yeah. these concepts in a way that's so interesting it's and so organic. Cool. You know, you know? He's, he's beyond popular with our Open Studio Pro members. Yeah. But the cool thing about this is you don't have to play every single one. Like, you right. just pick your spot, right? right. Like... Uh, you can pick where you put them in, and right. then you get all of this sound. Then you get natural enclosures. You get all of this stuff. It's like many things of Barry's teachings. It's completely genius and can yeah. really open you up to some more and closer sounds to the original, I think, than just the major bebop or just the dominant bebop. Absolutely. So, so you laid it out so well, and I think that we, you know, it brings to mind and is a great reminder for us all that there's multiple ways to use these concepts to explain them, especially when you get to the sort of theoretical yeah. explanation of them. But for instance, like, uh, so the way that you explain that, and then because of that break between the third and fourth, and you know, for non-pianists, and for pianists, but non-pianists, you can think about when you're playing this, uh, the key of C, that's the sort of visualization is the lack of yep. black keys there. Easy to see. You know? yeah. um, but that... But the application of it a lot of times, and you'll see this with bebop players, you know, so like going to F major, but uh, totally that kind of thing, you know, and yeah, maybe yeah, even, yeah. you know, like a little extra um, uh, surrounding of that. Like that's how you actually hear it. And just because you're explaining it and, and Understanding it first in the key of C major, that doesn't mean it can't be used over C7 going to an F major. It's a similar thing with our our, our trope. Yeah. What is that? Bebop right scale. in the in a C major, G, F sharp, F, and then we're jumping up. We're not jumping back up to G like Barry recommends, but up to A yeah. to put a note between the F and E. It's a similar concept. Absolutely. So yep. one of many great concepts um, that you can dive deep into. On and the like, whole. even if you just heard like the way, you know, Adam just uh, like little thing, like the rhythmic thing of like how, like that's what I'm talking about. That swag, that, that attitude. Articulation is key Articulation. here too. One general rule to follow that isn't universal, but you can definitely hear is it's a geographic rule. Whatever's on top gets naturally accented. So, yeah. so something like that. Whatever is on top of that melody gets accented and you get that. It's not hard and fast, but if you do it, you can kind of get that. It's a great entry point for sure. The sort of the if you looked at the line on a sheet music, the top notes of the phrase are usually what are accented. And you can hear that in a lot of players. Yeah, and and like a lot of times when I have gone through and sort of analyzed little phrases I mean not just bebop, but anything that was influenced by bebop, which is potentially any, you know, kind of modern jazz up to today. It's such a big part of our vernacular, especially when you talk about articulation and like navigating lines. But where those top notes and those accents occur will often be some very interesting 
you know, explanation of the syncopation. Totally. Like when you look at that, going from downbeat to upbeat, to, which of course we have so many different options, but the idea of there being variation, what you don't normally see is like an extended bebop line where the accented notes, be them on the top or, or otherwise, are all occurring on just the upbeats or just, or just the downbeats. Yeah, that's when you get yeah. into a little bit of a cookie cutter kind of sound. Now, could you find Monk or Bud Powell or Burb doing that sometimes? Maybe. But, but it's, mostly it's, it's like... more exceptional. Yeah. Dude, big ass beret on. But you, <laughs> but you, even when you were, it's mimicking the human voice. We do this with our voice. We, right. You can hear it in my sing songy podcast voice. Is right. I'm accenting things. The pitch that's highest is what I'm using to accent, right? right? And so it's it's mimicking. Do I do that speech. too? I don't know. You just did, yeah. I just did. Do I do? Do right. I do that too? But the different. Do like, I do that too? <laughs> that's the, the beautiful that? part about it. Do do I do, do I that I when I play the bebop scale? Do I do that too? <laughs> you really was like, do I do that? Do I do that too? You know, do right. I do Mono that too? Mono neon, man. We got to get him to do a bebop whole scale. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we great. That was super fun. We have one more question. No, 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 here. we're done, man. That's it. That's it. Well, no. no, we're not quite done yet. No, we have one. We more. do want to remind you: if you have a question, uh, please hit us up at you'llhearit.com. You can leave us a speak pipe, and as you can see, we sometimes answer. We don't always answer them because some of them are questions we've gotten before. Sometimes, to be honest, we lose track and forget, uh, and sometimes we have technical error and erase them. But otherwise, we do not want to diminish your diminished scale question are they stopping at the stop sign today that's all i'm worried about <laughs> okay let's just this is why i say we only want one because i want to talk We're about this through the bit. yield what are we doing okay interesting thing right turn on red we had a little bit shout out producer caleb and shout out producer caleb cam oh yeah <laughs> hey. there, he is. there he is oh and and just a little note you can't see the total how this is set up but i can see producer caleb when you went in and started grooving on on the on the bebop scale uh, in time a little bit, producer Caleb with his socket sandal was tapping his foot in agreement with what you were playing. Excellent. So and that's always that's always a way that you know that a line is working if if if, if a great musician is or anybody's tapping their foot is great. Um, but anyway, shout out Caleb, uh, producer Caleb, because we had a we had a uh, episode that came out a little later because we had some in the can because yep. we had a holiday. Yeah. Shout out United States of America. July shout 4. out cans in general. Shout 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 out Canada for Canada Day. Which occurred a little bit before that. Nice. Right. Fun fact, producer Caleb has spent much of his life in Canada. Some of his life. Would we say much? Uh, not really anymore. Okay. He said not anymore. Okay. <laughs> Immigration problems? Should, should we not talk. be talking about this? <laughs> anyway, um, we said something that I totally forgot about, and we had some great things in the comments. Please continue the comments. We really appreciate the it's comments. A, it's a gentleman's and ladies' agreement. Oh, that's right. We we, we yeah. actually require that you like and subscribe. Someone actually shortened it to G L A G A L A G L Gala 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 G A L A G A L A Gentlemen Gala and Gala 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 Gala. <laughs> Why are you making that sound so awkward? Gala. <laughs> there you go. Our friend, about the gala. our friend from New Orleans slash U City's name is blank. Isn't it Gala Davenport? Blank Davenport. What would you say? Jeremy. <laughs> Isn't it Gala? I don't know. Is it Gala? 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 No, but is it? Is it? Uh, no, is I'm it just a, talking about the pronunciation. Yeah, is it. it a is it a long A? Is it a short A? Gala. 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 Definitely not that. Gala, gentlemen and ladies, agreement. Give us a gala over at or YouTube. Or a gala. Which is, in order, all you're doing is you're just liking the channel. So we have our own bespoke 
our own bespoke YouTube channel called You'll Hear It. Yep. No, we need to announce this more because people uh, don't know. Are we still recording? <laughs> yeah. If you're still listening, thank you. No for one's being listening. Here. If you are still listening, put Gala. G A L A in the uh, as a comment and what the what the uh, going to the gala with yeah, your you're getting dressed up you can put your tux on for the we gotta gala. tell them what what they're agreeing to though all they're you, agreeing you is is to like the channel no to subscribe to the channel okay. and like the video if you like it maybe leave a comment that's optional but we're asking for that because we are providing this podcast all this information and we listen to you somebody said we had a snarky comment in there recently that said um, just what. <laughs> that said six minutes of nattering teenage girls yeah. making jokes and then finally getting something Why are important. you commenting, dude? I'm out of here. Then they said, I'm out of here. Just go. Just... Why are you go? <laughs> but look, so you're funny. welcome because now we're putting all this snattering t- teenagers at uh, talk at the end. Yeah. See? So this is good. Yeah. It reminds me, uh, I forget whose joke it was, but it's like... Uh, it's uh, comments You can like say that, whatever you want. Nobody's listening anymore. I know. Comments <laughs> like that are on the internet. It's like when... You put those flyers up like in a in a town square that yeah. says like piano lessons, and you pull the tab, and it's like you see that, and you're like, well, I don't want, I don't want piano lessons. <laughs> why like, you can just walk you pull by the, it. Right, right, right. Anyway, until next time, you'll hear it.